Hello, welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Viver. With me, as always, Stephen White. How are you today, Stephen? I am fantastic. How about you? Um, you know, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm ready for uh, ready for week five is upon us, which is kind of hard to believe. It's already week five. I say that every week. I know, but <laughs> time doesn't fucking slow down. Oh, uh, it really doesn't. And, uh, you know, a quarter of the way in for most of the teams, of course, a few of the teams had bye weeks last week. And uh, this is one of those seasons where things kind of are upside down a little bit after four games. It really is. You know, we had all these great predictions uh, before the season. Uh, I, I just keep seeing my breakout players uh, post players from their post just going down and getting drunk and getting cut and then getting hurt. <laughs> so, you know, all these great predictions we had about who was going to be good and who wasn't, a lot of them seem to be going out the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thought the Cardinals and the Panthers were a sure thing, you know. I thought, my God, there's no way that either of those teams will be one and three after a month of football. But here we are. <laughs> right. And I'm really not sure there's any hope to turn that around. Uh, we'll see. But, I mean, there's always – things always have a way of turning around. But, man, when you look at the, the flaws on a couple of those teams, you really wonder. It's a, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, that's, that's really the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, you see some of these teams losing, like the Panthers and the Cardinals. And, you know, they lose one game. You're like, ah, okay, they lost yeah. the game. Uh, you know, first week, the Cardinals lost to the Patriots and the Panthers lost to the Broncos. So, you know, they lost to two good teams. Yeah. Then they get another loss and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe they had an off day. And they lose again. You're like, okay, maybe it's time to hit the fucking penalty <laughs> right now because something ain't right. They got so, problems. Uh, yeah, they got some real issues and maybe they won't actually get this thing turned around. No, and you wonder about that because, like, you know, you look at the Cardinals and it's, I mean, now they don't have Carson Palmer this week because he's got a concussion. He's not ready to play tonight. It's a Thursday game. But, like, he's been a turnover machine. I mean, he might be the biggest pro- one of the biggest problems for the Cardinals so far this season. Yeah, it's like he never did get over that, that NFC championship performance. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's not necessarily that he's turning the football over. He's not pulling the Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. But just, you know, last year, up until that point, you know, he was a serious MVP candidate. Yeah. A lot of people were mad that, that, that the league chose Cam Newton over Carson Palmer last year. I don't think either one of them are, are, are going to be in the running right now this <laughs> no. season. But, you know, this, this version of Carson Palmer harkens back to you know, some years ago when, when he just had those off games, you'd be like, man, this guy's got all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. When, he's, when is he going to put it together? We all thought that in Arizona he finally got that. He finally put it all together, and last year was a culmination of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and now it's like he's reverted back. So I'm not exactly sure what the problem is because, quite honestly, it's not like they've had a whole bunch of major injuries in it or anything on that side of the football they're, they're starting to now. He's out. Chris Johnson just got put on IR. But yeah. he, he's had, I believe, his full complement of receivers the whole year. His offensive line has been pretty much intact. So 
it's hard to put your finger on what the problem really is. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, and, but it's, it's real and you see it every week. I mean, you know, his, his numbers haven't been impressive. None of the guy, you know, that offense was supposed to be so dynamic. I mean, they scored a bunch of points against the Bucks in week two, which has been their only win, but you're just not seeing much out of that offense. Like you you kind of expected to. And I got a lot of talent too. Exactly. And, and they was expected. This is not at all what they expected this year. Mm-mm. So yeah, I imagine, you know, shit's going to hit the fan real soon, especially if they lose tonight. Yeah, because that's a 49ers team that really, I, you know, there are not many people picking the 49ers to win that game, but that's always kind of a, that, that's deadly. If you don't, you know, underestimate, you, that's the kind of team you underestimate sometimes. And then it's Drew Stanton back there, and the fall off between Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton is noticeable. Yeah, you know, Drew Stanton, I think, is a competent backup. But but like they always say, usually you're a backup for a reason in this league. Yeah. And he's been a backup for a while. It's just, I, I have to say, with the way Carson's been playing this season, maybe there won't be much difference Yeah, anyway. maybe. <laughs> but, you know, you just don't – Drew Stanton, at quarterback, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I'll put it that way. No. No, especially – I mean, even against the 49ers who haven't been – I mean, I know they're without Navarro Bowman. He's on IR now. Which kind of sucks for them, but and DeForest Buckner's not playing their rookie, you know, first round pass rusher. But still, yeah, I mean, you know, that was a, they shut out the Rams at home to start the season, so we'll see. Oh, they, they look amazing that first game, didn't yeah. they? Once again, it kind of gave you the wrong impression. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> and I, you know, I you go to talk about the Panthers. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like that. Secondary is costing them now. That decision to kind of go what cheap a little bit on the secondary is costing them, and that offensive line's terrible. It, 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 what it is is like all of the complaints that people had last offseason about uh, the Panthers, aside from the cornerback position, because they still had Josh Norman at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Seems like all of those uh, critiques are coming to fruition now. Yeah. Um, last season, Cam was just playing on such a high level that I think he masked a lot of issues within their team. And now it's harder to do for whatever reason. I don't think teams have quote-unquote figured them out, except for the fact that I think that the Titans game last year and the Broncos in the Super Bowl showed teams that, look, you don't have to bull rush all the time just because Cam Newton runs around all the time. If you send some green dogs and blisters like that, uh, to make sure you can't just take off up the middle, but still allow your outside rushers to get up the field, then it, it makes life a lot harder on him. Yeah. Uh, so with the offensive line issues, uh, they had Mike Rimmers and Mel Tassel last week. <laughs> and that went just exactly how you thought it would, to be honest with you. I mean, there was no uh, surprise there, except for the fact that they didn't need, they still – didn't send this guy some help. You won't help him when he's yeah. on the right side and facing a guy like Von Miller. And now he's on the left side, a totally different side, totally different uh, um, footwork and technique. And you still don't give him any help against Dwight Freeney, who, for whatever his age is, still knows how to rush the damn passer. Yeah. So 
I mean, I just, you know, that that again goes back to critiques people had. Uh, A lot of folks wanted to crown uh, Mike Shula as some kind of genius last year. Yeah. (laughs) Even though people had critiques about him and and I was critical of him. And now he's kind of getting exposed a little bit again because he's not adjusting much at all. Yeah. So uh, when you talk about a, a team being a little cheap, they they let Josh Norman go. Didn't try to replace him with a veteran. You know, he ends up they end up bringing in some rookies, and they they play like rookies. Yeah. Quite quite frankly, uh, and even the guy Ben Wirk, I can't pronounce his name. Ben 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 Wirky, I, I guess is close enough. People know I'm talking about number twenty five. <laughs> yeah, for pronunciation, rookie, I'm the wrong guy. Right. He he got he got torched too. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, last week, man, was just, look, if you took the name and the colors off the Panthers last week against the Falcons, you might have thought they were the Browns playing. <laughs> so uh, you know, a team, they have talent to be sure. They Cam can still yeah. play well at times. He's got Kelvin Benjamin who can play well, but for some reason didn't get very many targets and no catches the week prior. Uh, they still got Keekley and Thomas Davis, and and but but those guys, they're not enough. You need more than just that. And that was, like I said, that was a critique from last offseason. But just Cam was just playing so well, and and Kawan Short stepped up so well, and mm-hmm. then you had, you actually had Josh Norman playing so well that a lot of those issues were hidden. Yeah. But they're being exposed right now. And right now, it doesn't look like the Panthers have just had a couple of bad weeks. Right now, they look like a bad football team. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. And it, it, it just it's across the board bad football team. Um, hey, speaking of meltdowns, Odell Beckham Jr. had had himself a week this week. And it seems to have reached like, I mean, I guess there's part of me that looks at it. It's like, you know, it's like, why did it get to this point in the first? I mean, how in the hell did they let it get to this point in the first place? But now it sounds like they maybe are ready to do something about it. Well, what 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 exactly can you do? Yeah. You know, that that's really what it boils down to. And. On the one hand, I think you do want to try to rein them in. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, there's a lot of people right now that that want to excuse his behavior. Yeah. They they pulled the same shit after the game last year with the Panthers. And it it boggles my mind because – what he's doing right now is stupid. Whatever you think about these new rules or what have you, rules that, by the way, were instituted because of that game against the Panthers last year, of which he was pretty much the, the primary instigator on almost every situation. Yeah. They're here because of him, and he still won't adjust. Yeah. Okay? You, you can be mad after a play. You can play uh, uh, fired up. Shit, Steve Smith, who is the most, you know, <laughs> just volatile receiver, you would think, 
guy who doesn't take shit off anybody and, and, and is always talking his own shit hasn't gotten any of these felonies, has he? Uh-uh. So if you're telling me that it can't be done, then I'm going to point to Steve Smith and say, he's doing it. Why can't Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. And yes, he's being targeted. Absolutely. When you're the person that they named, they didn't name a rule for him, but they might as well have. They came up with this rule for you. Yeah. Then, of course, they're going to target you. Okay. Uh, Roy Williams from the Cowboys was the one doing all those horse collar tackles. Yeah. So they came up with the horse collar rule and, and you get 15 yards for it. Guess what? They were targeting him the next year because he was the guy that was the biggest offender. Yeah. Of course they're going to target you. You have to be smarter than that. Yeah. You have to know how to rein yourself in so you don't hurt your team. And there's a lot of people trying to say, well, this is not a distraction. I'm calling bullshit on that too. Yeah, it's got to be. He's just dancing in the end zone. If he was just drawing attention to himself, maybe it wouldn't be a distraction. Yeah. But when you start getting 15-yard penalties and actually hurting your team, a team that, that's already struggling a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I'm sure there's some kind of study that says when you have a 15-yard penalty on a drive, that usually kills that drive. Yeah. No matter where you're at on the field. Yeah. So when he gets these penalties, it's not just that he's acting this way. It's now that his behavior is being penalized. Yeah. So you can't, as a teammate, overlook it because it's hurting the team. So something does have to be done. The question is what? Because at the same time, he is one of your best players. Yeah. He's a guy you're counting on to be your best receiver every week. Yeah. So you take him off the field, who are you going to replace him with? You don't have any other Odell Beckham Jr.'s on your sideline. So it, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. If you're going to bench him or whatever, that's going to hurt the team. A team that's already struggling, a team that's, uh, that was started the season off well, but now looks to be, you know, just kind of uh, uh, meandering in the wind. Yeah. You take him out the ball game and you lose the game, guess what everybody's going to say? You shouldn't have benched him. Yeah. Because hindsight is always twenty twenty. So, <clears throat> look, the fact that they're targeting him does not negate the fact that he's fucking up right now. Yeah. Those things can both exist at the same time. So, you know, I, do they need to be coming out and, and, and admonishing him through the media? No, I don't think they need to do that. But they do need to sit down with this kid and get him to understand that this is not acceptable. Yeah. Because it's not. It's not. But if he is going to come down to when he understands it. Now, as a last res- uh, 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 effort, maybe you bench him. If he just will not change the way he's going about things. But, you know, you got guys like Brandon Marshall that's reached out to him and tried to get him some help. Other people are, 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 are offering to help him. Something has to give. You can't just keep going on like everything's okay because it's not. Yeah. You're hurting your team, a team that needs some wins right now, and, and they aren't getting them. And you're too important to their offense to just sit you down unless they absolutely have to. So don't make them have to. Yeah. Well, because it seems like it affects his play. I mean, not just the penalties. It seems like it affects his play, too. I mean, 
I mean, I, I obviously, I, you can't, I can't get into a player's head. You don't know what's going on in their mind. You don't know what's happening on, in terms of communication from the huddle or the play call and all that stuff. But you know that that dropped pass against Minnesota, that interception on that route where it just kind of looks like he just doesn't. I mean, again, maybe it's a miscommunication on the on the play or something too, but. It just looks like he just kind of gave up on that route that where Xavier Rhodes picked off Manning. And it's got to be. I mean, that stuff's got to be in his head a little bit. I mean, it's it's easy for – you had Xavier Rhodes after the game come out and say, oh, you know, kind of with a smirk on his face saying that they were going to go after Odell Beckham Jr. You know, that they were going to go play mind games with him out there because they know it works. Listen, at this point, I don't even know if you have to play my game. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't in my game when he when he got he got hit a little late out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. If if anything, you're gonna get 15 yards to help your team in that situation. Get your ass up and go back to the huddle. You're not hurt. You're yeah. okay. But instead, he runs right up like he's gonna fight somebody. Yeah. And you already know that they're targeting you. Yeah. So you know, in in those situations, it's almost like he's looking for a reason to blow his top now. Yeah. Especially if the offense isn't working or if he isn't getting footballs early on in the game. It's like he's looking for something to be pissed off about. And then he, he reacts. Yeah. So I'm not even sure that you have to, to do some <laughs> kind of nefarious head games with him. He's doing it enough all on his own. Yeah. So again, I just I just think that look, something has got to give because you can't keep getting the penalties. Whether you like the rule or not, it's the rule. Yeah. And you have to find a way to adjust. There's a whole bunch of rules that I don't like right now. <laughs> but you don't get to just say, Well, I don't like their rules, so I'm not gonna buy by it. hmm Not and not hurt your team. So regardless of how you feel about the rule, literally they made the rule after, in the aftermath of Odell Beckham Jr. going and spearing Josh mm-hmm. Norman last yeah. year. So, yes, you're being targeted. Yes, the rule is ridiculous. Get your mind right. Figure out how to avoid being flagged, and you'll be okay. At the very least, if you're not going to help your team, at the very least, don't hurt your team. Yeah. That's all I would ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just can't. You know, that team can't afford to be without him. <laughs> they, they just and and it's a close enough rate. And they did so well the first two weeks of the season. I know Odell wasn't a huge factor in those games, but they did so well that defense has played way better than I think I expected them to. And it's a solid group. And here they are. It could be in the thick of that division race because it's really an up for grabs division the way it's going. But man, they can't afford another loss like that. And now they're going into Green Bay this week in a primetime game, Sunday night primetime game. Which I guess uh, is 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 the Sunday night, is it the Sunday game or the Monday game this week that's going up I against the, the other night. debate? So you may get Odell Beckham's temper tantrums on one channel and somebody else's temper tantrums on another channel. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rational people on your TV this Sunday night. Uh, that'll be interesting to see if that has. I know that that the first debate got like Super Bowl ratings, and the ratings have been a big thing. But 
it'll be interesting to see. But um, eh, anyway, it's not a nothing I can do about the, the old television ratings. Hey, speaking of the Vikings, we mentioned Xavier Rhodes. Damn, that's one of the more impressive cornerback performances of the season so far, huh? Oh yeah, uh, Xavier Rhodes is definitely coming on strong now. He he had been kind of banged up at the beginning of the season, but you can tell now if he's not a hundred percent, he's pretty damn close. Yeah, and so uh, you know they got Terrence Newman, the, the ageless wonder. <laughs> Shit, I, he's like thirty eight or something crazy like that. Yeah, and he's still playing some of his best football, if not his best football, uh, for them. Yeah. And then, and then you also have Trey Waynes, who couldn't take, he couldn't get on the field last year. A lot of people were kind of questioning whether he was actually worth uh, the draft pick last mm-hmm. year. And that guy has been a ball hawk. Like he's one of those corners that, um, when the ball's in the air, he thinks he he feels like he has just as much right to it as a receiver. He's not <laughs> going for the pass knockdowns. He's going for interceptions. And so that that whole secondary is playing well. And of course, we all know about Harrison Smith. So, yeah. um, again, that defense, to me, uh, they don't necessarily have the big names of, of, of the Broncos. But right now, I think they match up favorably with the Broncos when you talk about the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's impressive. And you th- you think that, like, all this stuff, and I know we've talked about this before, but I just can't help it. I mean, it's, it's, they're, um, it's incredible what they're doing. I mean, you got, I mean, they, they lose Bridgewater, they win. They lose Adrian Peterson, they find a way to win. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt that you get such, I mean, I think their turnover ratio right now is plus eight or something like that. It's the best in the league by a landslide. And you look, I mean, the secondary's got six picks. That's just the you know there's six interceptions on the team. I mean, you you start throwing in fumbles and what they've done to particular opponents with that. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. Last week heading into um, the game against the Giants, they were leading the league in sacks and second in the league in interceptions. Yeah, and when you can do that, you got a great chance of being successful. So you know, and the thing of it is. I don't think any of this is an anomaly. Yeah, yeah, they sat Cam Newton like eight times or whatever. Yeah. But they can do that on any given Sunday because they have pass rush all across the board up front. Yeah. They even have backups that are really good. And then you got uh, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks playing some great football right now yeah. at linebacker. So, again, th- there's there's really no weak link uh, mm-hmm. on the team, probably the least – um, known guy is is Andrew Sandejo, and I think he's playing pretty good at strong safety as well. So from top to bottom, this defense is just is just impressive. I tell you one other thing though, uh, when you talk about injuries, they've had some injuries on their offensive line too. Oh yeah, and yeah. we know that their their offensive line already had question marks. Uh, wasn't necessarily the best offensive line around anyway Mm -mm. so i've been impressed by the fact that they've been able to weather the storm with those uh injuries as well matt khalil i think is out for the season with a hip injury and uh andre smith got got hurt i think during the game yeah uh, last week and they still found a way to win so it it, on the whole i think it just speaks well that organization and the depth that they have and also just mike zimmer you can't say enough good things about this guy 
a guy that so many teams passed over to be their head coach. Again and again. And a lot of them are kicking themselves today. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of – I la- I was laughing. The best thing I saw on that Monday night game was when – the Vi- I think the Vikings were up like, you know, at least two touchdowns. I mean, I mean, they had like a pretty – not insurmountable, but pretty comfortable lead to say the least – and the camera goes over to Mike Zimmer, and man, he's cussing up a story. He's mad. He's mad as hell. And they caught him on camera <laughs> doing that. Hey, that guy, that's how that guy wins some games, man. He ain't going to take... Well, he's he, one of those guys, I think, that, that can do that because he also shows his team yeah. how much he cares about them. Yeah. And, and, and so you have, like, that... You have that differential... And that then, you know, some other coaches who only show that side to their players. They're only chewing ass all the time. They're only cussing and yelling. With Mike Zimmer, I think all of his players believe that he truly cares about them. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in the way that they they, they lay it all out on the line for him every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you saw that too, even going back to the Teddy Bridgewater injury. I mean, remember how... You know, he was obviously shaken but on a personal level by that, not just like a coach, like, oh, crap, I lost my quarterback. I mean, it was a very affected him very personally. And you could see that in his press conference when he talked about it. The day when it was the day of that thing, too, of Teddy's injury. Right. And he didn't try to hide it. Uh uh-uh, uh. Not at all. Most coaches, well, I won't say most, but a lot of coaches would, would try to hide it and make it seem like, oh, we just move on. He was just honest about it. Like, yeah, this is a big loss. Yeah. Uh, I do feel for that kid. And yeah. he still was able to come back and say, but we do have to move on and win some games. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, <laughs> um, it's, I mean, even like the Adrian Peterson stuff a while back too, how well he handled that. I mean, it's, uh, yep. it's coach of the year material here already. And I know we're only four, four weeks in. So I hate to hand out too much hard. I saw something. It was Peter King. I think that Sam Bradford for MVP. I saw that while I was eating. I saw that while I was eating my breakfast. That was not right. Not, I, I, not a good combination. Yeah. Might have ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Well, I guess the other MVP candidate then would be. Uh, wait. I, here's all right. Here's another surprise. I, I, I keep. I'm sort of stunned by it so far this season. The Rams and the Texans are three and one. The Texans is that's not much of a surprise to me because I, I was very high on them yeah. anyway coming into the season. Um, now with JJ Watt out, uh, you wonder if they can continue that. Yeah. Um, but in that division, maybe so because the NFC South is still. I mean, I'm sorry, the AFC South is yeah. still the AFC South, evidently, as we saw in that nine o'clock game last Sunday. But now the Rams. <laughs> and I know this is, look, this is your wheelhouse right here. <laughs> but them being three and one just doesn't feel right. It's and weird. You, know, you, not, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. They're three, what? <laughs> the Rams? Case Keenum? Yeah. And this, Todd it's weird, Gurley man. can barely it's really run. Weird. I mean, it's just... They're getting outscored. I mean, I think the point differential is like. Oh, let me look here. I think it's, it's a negative point differential. And usually, you know, I mean, I, I don't try not to get too too much. 
not a big advance. I mean, I appreciate statistics, but I try not to get too, dwell too much on it. But, you know, I think it's generally a well-accepted thing with football and any sport that you've got to score more points than you allow in order to win games. And <laughs> the Rams haven't really, I mean, they had that one game against Tampa Bay that they kind of broke out on offense. But other than that, it's been zero points, nine points, and 17 points last week against the Cardinals. And like even Todd Gurley, who is, you know, unquestionably the best player on the offensive side of the ball there is getting 2.6 yards a carry. I mean, can barely register rushing yards. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line being pretty bad. But I guess it speaks to uh, it, it speaks to what you could do with a good defense. In a friendly it, it schedule. Does. But even at that, man, you look at some of these games and you just – I watch film sometimes, and at the end of watching film, I'm still kind of like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, I, I don't – I don't I, I don't get it. Um, Just, man, that, that Cardinals game, I was sure the Cardinals were going to win. Yeah. And, and just, nope. <laughs> nope. Turnovers killed them. Yeah, and, and really, maybe that's that's really the, the the thing that I would I would say is maybe the divining line right now for the Rams is that they aren't really turning the football over. They're doing much on offense, but they aren't turning the football over a lot either. They aren't yeah. like giving the other team a lot of opportunities to beat them. Yeah, and sometimes that's pretty much. About all you need when you have a defense as strong as theirs, especially that defensive line. Yeah. Um, it, it's the formula we talk about the Vikings. It's the formula that they're using for the most part. I think that as time goes on, we'll see Bradford doing more. You're seeing it every week. He's doing yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, but that that is the formula for, especially a defensive head coach, play good uh, defense play good special teams and don't turn the football over mm-hmm. more so than score a lot of points on offense. So uh, I still think it remains to be seen if that's something that they can maintain throughout the whole season. Yeah. Um, but for right now, you can't really knock it. It's working one way or another. Yeah. It might not make a whole lot of sense. Like you said, the point differential thing kind of throws you off. Yeah. But their defense isn't going to allow, you know, much more than 10 points or so a game, then you can afford to only score 17. You'll win a lot of games anyway. Yeah. Well, and these are all, I mean, that was, I mean, you know, Arizona turned the ball over five times in that game and, and LA only won by five points, which, you know, so it's not like you're blowing anybody (laughs) out. I mean, I think they haven't won, like even that Tampa Bay game, that was only a five points split, you know, and and six points against the Seahawks with a nine a nine to three stunner. Man, uh, listen, that Seahawks uh, game especially, it just <laughs> hey, you know, uh, Russell was hurt and couldn't really move, and the offensive line sucked. But you know, and I ranted about that game. It's funny because I ranted about that game and and, and Jimmy Graham and them not using him. And all of a sudden now he's got like a gazillion yards of yeah. hope catches the next few weeks. And I think if they would have used him that way against uh, the Rams, he'd have put up similar numbers, but they decided not to for some reason. So, yeah. again, it kind of comes back to you look at the film and you're like, what in the hell just happened? Because I don't understand. But it, it's working for him right now. Maybe 
Yo, it goes back to that expression. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. At times. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, uh, and that's, you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from their defense because their defense definitely has been playing well, but they've had quite a bit of luck in, in, in the fact that sometimes the coaching has been bad on the other side and yeah. sometimes the, the ball security has been bad on the other side yeah. that has helped them win those games. Yeah. So it is what it is. It, whatever whatever we think of them, they're 3-1, and one, and at some point I'm going to actually accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I should win, but hopefully before Sunday. But I, you know, I'm still having a hard time. With it. Well, it's the Bills this Sunday, and they're in Los Angeles, which is interesting enough. But and I, like the Bills, are another one. I just don't know. You know, you never know what you're going to get from week to week from a Rex Ryan man, Rex Ryan and Jeff Fisher coaching against each other on the same field. You just don't know what could happen. This the universe could swallow it up into seven and nine vortex of black holes. Well, shit, maybe it really was Greg Roman. <laughs> you know, I said that last week. Well, yeah. They won again before they beat the shit out of the, the New England Patriots. That game was not even close. Like, the score does not tell the tale. That game really wasn't close. Yeah. Uh, that was an ass kicking. And so last week, just in jest, I was like, ah, they won a game. Maybe it really was Greg Roman. <laughs> now I kind of got the little thinking emoji with the hand <laughs> under his chin, like, hmm, maybe it really, really <laughs> was. Greg Roman's fault. And I tell you what, um, I don't know that they're doing like a whole bunch of different stuff that they weren't doing before. Um, the one beneficiary, the major beneficiary, uh, seems to be LaShawn McCoy, though. Yeah. Like, it looks like somebody, he went to the store and traded his old legs in for some new legs. Yeah. That guy is playing great football right now. He looks every bit as explosive as he did when he was really on in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so maybe changing the offense coordinator to the guy who was coaching running backs before. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that that's helped uh, uh, him get in a groove. Yeah. But yeah, LaShawn McCoy playing as well as he is, it helps the whole offense, even when you don't have a Sammy Watkins who is now on injury reserve. Yeah. So, um, you know, that team looks good. Yeah. If it sounds like I had a hard time saying that, I did. Like, I don't really. Because <laughs> you watch those first two games and you're like, eh. But you watch these last two and you're like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they they put it on the Patriots. And, yeah, the Patriots didn't have uh, – Tom Brady, a quarterback. Sure, I get it. But just a week before, it was the, the the Patriots beating the shit out of the Texans, and everybody thought they were geniuses and all that. Yeah. So uh, can't be geniuses one week, and then, oh, complain about Brady the next. <laughs> they, they put it on them. Yeah. And it looked actually like, yeah, pretty good football team. So, well, and that's like with the Patriots, too. I think that's what stands out to me about that game and the Bills where they are now. It's like, you know, Brady or not, the Patriots still have a pretty good defense. And Buffalo put it to them. I mean, you know, they ran for, I don't know what McCoy's numbers were, but overall they ran for 130-some 100, rushing yards, and they passed for 
almost 250 yards or so. I mean, and I know they only scored six points, but, you know, they moved the ball. They didn't have any problems moving the ball against the Patriots' defense. They really didn't. They, they really didn't. Now, they, they've done – the one thing I will say, they've done a little bit more uh, quarterback run. Yeah. About Taylor uh, in the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, some speed option stuff, which yeah. you don't really see much. Uh, in the NFL, because usually that gets your quarterback blasted. Yeah. Uh, but but other than that, it, it's kind of hard to to pin down exactly what they're doing so differently. But the results should seem to be a lot different to me, just from the eyeball test. Uh, they look to be playing a lot better. Maybe it's better the actual uh, running schemes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, I just think Lashawn McCoy and, and Mike Gillisley had a pretty good run, some pretty good runs last yeah. week too. Um, and, and, uh, oh, they also get Marcel Darius back now. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about so I'm that. I'm not sure if he's in football shape, uh, but if he is, then they should be, they should look even better. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. And they got, I mean, it, it, they're the second best team in the NFC uh, or AFC East to the, right now. I don't think there's any question about that when you look at how the Jets and the Dolphins have been playing. Speaking of the Jets, woo! What the hell are they going to do about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I guess cross their fingers and pray. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing they can do. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know. But you want to know why? Because this is who he is. Yeah. Always has uh, been. And everybody said that in the offseason. This is who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. So it really shouldn't be much of a shock or or, or surprising mm-hmm. that, that he's playing like this. That's who he is. Yeah. Now, he'll probably have a stretch where he plays well, too, because that's also who he is. He's inconsistent. That's been the mark of his long and story career at this point. Yeah. There's plenty of evidence to back this up. Um, and so you just hope and pray that he's going to have more of the good games than the bad games, but you know, the bad games are coming. Oh yeah. Cause that's who he is. So, um, you have the option to continue to ride that train, ride that roller coaster, or you can try to go to the other guy. I think at some point, if you don't start back going up and you, you stay low with all these interceptions, you're going to have to do something, though, because he's hurting the whole team. You, you, you're killing the rest of the team. The defense haven't played well either. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, man, you cannot throw yourself out of games the way he's doing. No. No, and that was, you know, the, the crazy thing is here is like, well, that's why they, wanted, they, don't want it, they never wanted to start Geno Smith because he turns the ball over too much. Do you think Geno Smith would have 10 interceptions in four games? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he ain't going to have more than 10 interceptions in four games. I tell you that. Right. At the very least, you'll say, can't do any worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. And, and maybe he might do better. He's still a young kid. He still has upside. I just, I don't know. Uh Again, Maybe he'll come back this week and not have any interceptions, play well, and they'll win. Yeah. Because that's who he always is. He also is. But um, if he does not, if he can't get out of this rut, at some point you have to say enough is enough. I know Ty Bowles still said he has all the respect in the world for him. I know that um, Brandon Marshall backs him 100%. 
but you, you can't afford to do that to the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, we give too much praise to quarterbacks when they're losing, and sometimes we give them a too much of a hard time. I mean, we give them too much praise when they're winning and maybe give them too much uh, grief when they're losing. Yeah. But at the same time, the quarterback is in one position that really, really, really can prevent you from winning with their mistakes. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, okay, I went in my gap, so they gained 10 yards instead of five. Mm-hmm. You throw an interception, and you're just killing drives, and you have no chance to recover from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I see this. More than point differential, the one thing we all know that correlates to winning in the NFL is turnover ratio. Yep. So every time, I mean, so, like I said, something has to give. He, he, if he keeps giving the ball to the other team, something's going to have to give. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, and ten and ten interceptions already this season. I mean, that's the, the most in the NFL. It's hard to overcome. I mean, when you throw a well, look at that Kansas City game, and then the, the week after he would six interceptions. Three interceptions a week after that. So he's got nine of his ten interceptions in the last two weeks. Two out of his four games have accounted for 90% of his interceptions. That's, I mean, that's deadly. So. You lose a turnover battle, you usually lose the game. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. And if your quarterback's going to keep – and really – you know, they were lucky on, on the one fumble, too. The one sack cause fumble, got picks up and runs it in for a touchdown. Yeah. Or the score this week wouldn't even look as close as it did. Yeah. Against the Seahawks. So, um, that could have been another turnover. Yeah. Now, he wasn't the one blocking the guy who gets, gets the sack. But at the same time, he has to feel that pressure and try to somehow protect the football in that yeah. situation. Yeah, oh, he's, so, his four fumbles lead the NFL, too. So, that's a. Like I said, at some point, for the sake of the rest of the team, if nothing changes, something's going to have to give. It's just going to have to. You cannot ride that boat and it's, that ship is sinking. You cannot just stay on it and not try to try, at least try to find a life preserver or, you know. Yeah, a piece of wood. If, <laughs> if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> you got to find something to help keep you afloat out in the middle of the ocean. If a guy's throwing that many interceptions and, and and turn the football over, you just cannot stay with him. You can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Speaking of, all right. Here's here's another. I mean, I, we've talked about some good teams, so I, I, we've got some karma here we can talk about some bad teams but the san diego chargers whoo you've lost they're one and three thanks to the jaguars they owe that one to the jaguars um they're one and three and they've had in all three of their losses they've had fourth quarter leads two of their fourth quarter leads have been by 13 or more points and they've led every single one of those three losses at the two minute mark Listen, if you'd have told me they were going to lose last weekend, I, I wouldn't have believed it. No. I, I just could not have believed it. I, I'm, I'm watching the game while I'm watching through Red Zone, and I'm like, okay, this game's over. I'm not even really paying attention to them anymore. Yeah. And they just – they just they, – they turned the ball – you know how they lost the game, right? They, they uh, uh, Travis Benjamin, without getting hit, fumbled the football after he caught a pass. Mm-hmm. Without getting hit, he just – he caught the football, 
and let it go. Now, normally, in this day and age of football, they probably call it uh, uh, incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. This is how unlucky they are. But they call it a completed pass. And even though nobody touched them, they call it a completed pass and a fumble, Saints ball. Yeah. But it's literally like, I don't know if it was two minutes left in the game at that point. Yeah. And just, and that was after Melvin Gordon had fumbled. So, uh, I don't know, man. Do they have some kind of curse? Do they need to bury a goat (laughs) or something? You know, they, what, I don't know. I know they got they put to an axe in a tree stump, that, but something they they need to get a root put off of them instead of put on them right now because they got the worst luck. And of course, the injuries are starting to pile up as well. Yeah, and that's big because you know you Keenan they lost Keenan Allen the first week of the season, and you saw. I mean. They really kind of, that was the week they blew that 21 point lead against the Chiefs. And they really kind of like, the legs came out from under when they lost Keenan Allen, which is kind of what happened to him overall last season. But they bounced back. They had a good game the week after that against the Jaguars. But then it's just been ever since then, you know? It's, and again, it's, it's, you talk about the Kansas City game to start off the year, they were beating the hell out of Kansas City. Yeah. Right. And then Kansas City comes all the way back. Um, the Saints game, they were up big on them. The Saints come back and win. And, and 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 in all these instances, they look like the better team. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising because I, I I don't know about anybody else. I won't speak for anybody else. But I wasn't necessarily thinking that the, the Chargers were the team to beat in the AFC West this year or, or anything like that. They mm-hmm. had some issues on their defense. They got Joey Bosa, but he hasn't played yet. Um, so I thought they were going to have issues, but it would have actually been more understandable to me if they just gotten like beat from start to finish in these games, rather than the fact that they're getting up, they're getting these leads on teams, and they keep giving them up in the most just unluckiest ways possible. Yeah. And then you, you lose Jason Verrett and, and, and all these guys, um, the grittiest. Uh, player in the NFL, <laughs> uh, according to PLT commenter, and, and and it's just it's like, man, I don't see it getting any better. They keep losing games and losing really really good players. Um, how do you pull out of that hole? Yeah, why it's just it's it's just such a perpetual struggle with this team, and now you kind of wonder like. I can't even remember what Mike McCoy said some dumb thing after that game. And he's like, this guy's got to be sort of, I mean, you know, here's a situation where it's a coach that's probably going to get fired maybe by the end of the season, maybe before that. But the, the, the problem with San Diego is, it's just that you've got, I mean, you've got a great quarterback in Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's just, you know, by any measure, he's playing pretty well. And, and they just they, – they never, never can put it together. I mean, I know they made the playoffs, stuck into the playoffs that one year, Mike McCoy's first year there. But, man, they just can't ever get their shit together. You Look at the Bosa stuff. Hell, look at the stadium stuff. Ownership's obviously preoccupied with stadium and relocation crap more so than they are the team itself. So it's just yeah. – it's always – it's just such a toxic situation in San Diego yet again. Yeah, 
Uh, like I said, I mean, uh, I don't see how you get things turned around. Yeah. Um, you you look at these games, and if they could have kept everybody healthy, you would think maybe they would have actually been able to make a run for that, that division this year. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But they've lost so many guys already, frontline, really good players. Yeah. And I just don't know how you get things turned around in that situation where – you know, your best players, guys who you would expect to help lead a turnaround are all hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, Rivers is going to be one of those guys that plays out his career. I mean, they just signed him to a big contract extension this year, too. It's not like, you know, he's a free agent after this season or something like that. He's kind of like Breeze. He's going to play out, you know, the last part of his career in a team that just perpetually can't get its shit together. So I guess it was kind of appropriate. They played the saints last week. (laughs) (laughs) There's some narrative shit in there, man. (laughs) For real, for real. real. Cause I said last week, I didn't think that the saints were going to win a game for a while. And and up until the last minute of that game or so, I I was still feeling that way. Yeah. Fate gave them a game. Basically. <laughs> um, I guess the other big news this week is uh, that Tom Brady guy is coming back, and he's playing the Browns in Cleveland. Not a bad way to uh, to to get back into the mix, huh? Yeah. Look, if he's rusty, this is the game to knock the rust off. Yeah. But at the same time. We have to acknowledge the fact that the Browns, even though they haven't, they're the only team left that haven't won a game. Man, they have been in these games. They have been they really scratching have? and clawing. And <laughs> you want to talk about turnovers at the end of the game? They have oh. just the worst, unluckiest situation last week where uh, Duke Johnson fumbles. But it, from all appearances, looks like he got his own fumble. Got up got the football, showing it to everybody, and nobody's paying attention because they think a Redskins player has the football. Yeah. And they don't. And, you know, this whole week, the NFL has been trying to cover their ass instead of saying we made a mistake. Yeah. And and continuing to say that this was a fumble. and I mean, you review fumbles. You review every fumble now. (laughs) How did they get that shit wrong? Yeah. I'm, I'm still baffled by that. Yeah. And I didn't see it live, so I, I saw the whole controversy erupting on Twitter the next day. So I go to look at it, and there's just no way. There's no way that you don't see this man holding the football up for everybody to see before the referee ever says who's who had possession. Yeah. Um, and, and it... Man, you think replay is is something that <laughs> would have saved the refs from themselves in that situation, but it wasn't. Yeah. But, um, my point being that this is a team that's winless, but they're fighting. Yeah. They're not just getting beat down every week, losing by a whole bunch of points. In the fourth quarter, you look up, and they might just have a lead on them. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I do. I don't consider their defense to be uh, imposing in any way, shape, or form. I, I think that Brady may have some rust to knock off, so he he may may 
be a little off with his timing and stuff like that. But at the same time, how ironic would it be that his first game back, they lose to the Browns? Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine the hot takes the next morning? You already know the hot take industry <laughs> is praying, praying that the Patriots lose this game. Because uh, every social media site, Twitter, Facebook, oh my will God. melt down on Monday. It's <laughs> Sunday night and Monday morning. If the Patriots lose this game, I can just you can I can only imagine what it's like to be a first take producer right this week. I bet they got the whole show ready to go just in case that happens. Oh man, they they got graphics already primed. <laughs> they got the the microphones already upgraded, and they <laughs> they might spontaneously combust. <laughs> Stephen yeah. Hayes got his talking points all ready to go. Listen, <laughs> it's it, funny because we've already seen it this season too. When when Brissett won that game uh, in Week Three against the Texans, I remember uh, just everywhere was Tom Brady, system quarterback. This proves it. Yeah, yeah, and look, <laughs> I don't even know if I would try to fight against that tide of stupidity. <laughs> no, you can't. If they lose their game, like it, it would be just, it wouldn't even be worth it. I just sit there and like, okay, y'all got it. This is that'll be like they're the the stupid hot taste holiday. <laughs> if, the, if the Patriots win a game, people might take off work just so they can hot takes on social media all day about Brady and the Patriots. Oh they God, lose to Brown. You, so, you throw in the yeah, presidential that, that debate that night too. It ought to be Monday. Ought to be a real interesting, interesting time to be alive. It's a great. This is like if you are an egg avi on Twitter, this is like your golden age. Man, you just sitting there, you know, you like <laughs> crackhead right now. You can't wait for Sunday. <laughs> if you, <laughs> you got an egg avi, man, you just ready. You ready? <laughs> It'd be so disappointed if the Patriots win. <laughs> So I, I don't, you know, in all seriousness, I expect the Patriots to win. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to me uh, when I really thought they had a legitimate chance to win that game last week uh, against Washington. Yeah, and the kick was actually making kicks and everything. Yeah. So uh, maybe if that bogus fumble isn't a fumble, fumble they actually win that game, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And look, if if I want to give the the, the egg AVI uh, <laughs> brigade some hope, once again, the Bills beat down the Patriots last week. And don't look at the score, man. I'm telling you, they put it on them. Uh-huh. They really did put it on them. So hmm, maybe, maybe you'll catch them slipping. No, maybe. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Hope a lot. laughs> uh, <laughs> hey real quick before we go i want to ask you because i think I, I was just looking at the brown schedule and i see after the patriots game they play the titans next week now that obviously if you're a browns fan that might be the week you break the winless streak if you're if, if you're holding out hope if you're just playing the schedule like that but the uh, seeing the titans on the calendar makes me made me wonder a little bit because you you've seen a little bit 
this season. Mike Malarkey is not a great coach, obviously. But uh, (laughs) Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, two pretty talented quarterbacks, are really kind of in a sophomore slump this year. Yeah, and it happens, um, you know. Yeah. With with Mariota, I don't think he has a whole lot of talent around him. No. To be quite honestly. Kendall Wright, uh, I think, just came back last week. Uh, he's been one of their leading receivers for the last few years. Yeah. Um, they got rid of Doyle uh, Green Beckham, who's supposed to be their up-and-coming playmaker. Yeah. Uh, they got the rookie. I can't remember his name right now, but he's playing well. Um, but he's still a rookie. And, and they don't have a whole lot of speed outside. Yeah. Uh, and one of the best things that, that Mariota does is throw the deep ball. Yeah. When, you, when you're talking about some of these shorter throws, here he still has some accuracy issues because of his footwork, and he's acknowledged that mm-hmm. earlier this week. Um, but just that offense in general, that <laughs> exotic smash now. Oh. It, look, it, we knew this offseason there was going to be some bullshit. Yeah. And so uh, we shouldn't even be surprised. You put a quarterback, a dynamic quarterback like Mariota in a shitty offense, and <laughs> it's going to be hard for him to rise above it and look anything other than average at best. Yeah. Um, I think he still had has shown some flashes. You know, he had the game-winning uh, touchdown pass against the Colts or what have you. But the team itself is just not – very good on paper, talent-wise. Yeah. And that offense is not very good. Now, on the other hand, um, now just to, to, to end that on Mariota, I think that he'll do better when he has better coaching. And hopefully yeah. that won't take more than another season. Hopefully this is enough for Mike Malarkey that the Titans move on. I don't know why they hired him in the first damn place, but, yeah. you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now, on the other hand, with – uh, Jameis, you got a somewhat different situation because, uh, you know, we all know that uh, they fired Lovey Smith in the offseason to retain Dirk Carter and, mm-hmm. and, and promote him to head coach specifically because they wanted to continue Jameis's uh, maturation. Yeah. And they thought, you know, they might lose Carter, and if they kept him, then James would take this huge step forward this year, and it's not happening. And, you know, you look around, you can't really blame. They've had the one injury to uh, Doug Martin, and he's missed a couple games, so the running game hasn't been what it was, but that still doesn't account for why uh, James has been throwing all these interceptions, mm-hmm. throwing in the coverage, just bad throws. Like, mm-hmm. ill-advised would be way too charitable <laughs> for some of these throws. Right? Yeah. And so, um, it, at some point, you got to wonder, you know, what's going on here? Because this is a situation like Mariota where you didn't think the offense was going to be good anyway. You didn't have confidence in Mike Malarkey in the first place. Yeah. Supposedly, Dirk Carter was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. The guy to really get him over the hump and have him playing great football. And that's not happening. 
And that's reflected in their, their record at the moment. Mm-hmm. So um, now on the flip side of that, if you had to pick between the two guys or who was going to turn it around this season, then you have to go with Jameis Winston mm-hmm. because I still have much more confidence in Dirk Carter as an offensive coordinator or offensive guy than I do Mike Malarkey. Yeah. Um, but something has got to give. Yeah. Regardless, um, they have talent on their offense with, you know, Doug Martin being out shouldn't just totally uh, uh, stymie that offense. Yeah. They still got Mike Evans, who's playing at a, 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 a really high level. Um, Cameron Brait, who uh, they inserted as a starter in training camp. Yeah. Uh, after problems with uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who, who now is uh, with the Jets, um, <laughs> has been playing pretty well. Um, the offensive line has played at least as well as they did last year, in my opinion. But the results aren't there. So, um, you know, you got to wonder, when is James going to kind of get it when it comes to these interceptions? When is he going to stop taking so many chances? Because yeah. when you think back, to the knocks on him, and there weren't a whole lot of knocks on him coming out of Florida State. Mm-hmm. One of them was he takes too many chances. He throws the ball in the coverage too much. He throws too many interceptions. And uh, Dirk Carter said, him, said it himself after the game. He thought James Winston was, quote, unquote, over that, past that. Yeah. Well, he's not, and it's your job to make sure he does get over it, but the results aren't there right now. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, at least it's something he can get over, hopefully, in the right, you know, with the right effort there. So it's, uh, you hate to see, you hate to see uh, talented young players kind of start to get lost in the shuffle like that. But we'll see what happens. A lot of football left. Oh, yeah, he's got plenty of time to turn around. And again, it's mostly, he makes some real good throws every game. Yeah. Um. But it's just and, – and, and actually his mobility has been outstanding uh, compared to where I thought he would be. Um, he, he, he's doing a really good job of avoiding the rush and doing those things. But it's just he's taking too many chances. Yeah. And he's got to get that out of his system. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was the stuff he could always – and that was – you know, he could get away with that more at Florida State. And that was his last year at Florida State, something that I remember people saying too, like you said. But it's uh, old habits. It's got to break those old habits, man. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do. All right. Hey, Steven, that's it. We're at the hour mark. That's a good place to wrap up. As good a place as any to wrap up. And we can get out of here and go get ready for an exciting Thursday night game between Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert. And then the rest of week five after that. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Who's not looking forward to a night of Blaine Gabbert? Let's get it. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert and Drew Stanton. So it's a. Uh, it ought to be. It ought to be. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll make it. Through, I'll make it through a quarter of it at least. I'm sure. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody out there. Uh, check us out on the web. On bring your egg avies into our timeline. We'll, uh, we'll we're happy to have all the egg avies we we can we can handle. 
And uh, we will see you next week for some more uh, podcast football talk here. Sounds like a pledge.